It's the 8 for 52 podcast. Hi, I'm Bonners. G'day, I'm Bushy. This is episode four of the 8 for 52 Bushy. As always, you can DM us on Insta. Get into that. Insta, it's going off now, Bushy. We've got plenty of followers. It's up like 10, 15% overnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting up near 300 now. Really starting to go off. So, uh, yeah, going really well. And we've got any Instagrams going off. What about our listeners? Where are they coming from this week? Well, I'll let you know. We talked about it uh, in one of the earlier podcasts. Bosnia and Herzegovina, they're still listening. Bosnia. Two people each week having a listen. I can see it on the stats. That's amazing. If you're in Bosnia and listening right now, do send us an email. Tell us who you are, and we'll give you a shout-out next week on Episode 5. Yeah, get us on that Instagram. DM us on Insta. Send us a message. Get on. Have a look at our Insta site if you're not one of the uh, followers already, and we'd love to love to have a chat with you. I could also just email. Email it. What is the email? I think it's podcast. podcast 852 at iCloud.com. That's the one. It is indeed. Either way, we'd love to hear from you in Bosnia. And also, big shout out to the listeners in Karachi, Pakistan. Ah, fantastic. Fantastic. Big cricket fans over there. Well, I'll tell you what that'll be. That'll be the boys over there playing. I thought so, but these were before that. Oh, right. So, we've got listeners in Karachi, plus the over 40s are in Karachi, so we should have lots of listeners for episode four. <laughs> Absolutely. Karachi, Pakistan. Absolutely. We'll be going off in, in uh, Karachi, Pakistan. Bushy. I've got one word for you for this week. Cricket, we have some. It wasn't storm, wasn't black rain, wasn't well, typhoon. We didn't get all the cricket in. Some was washed out, but at least we've got some cricket to talk about and we'll cover that in the outs and ins as always. And uh, then we'll move on to the ins and outs for the weekend. We've got a big weekend of cricket in front of us and bushy this week. We've got my story with the one and only Ancherman Rath. What a legend, Ancherman Rath. It was so good talking to you. Listen to the interview. It's coming up later in the show. And plenty to chat about on Sky Road Plaza. That's our international section. Absolutely, absolutely. We'll be covering all the uh, the men's. They're down uh, in Malaysia doing warm-up I'm, the Asian I'm not games. talking about those games. Oh. I've watched the first two. You can talk about oh, those. I'll cover that one. I'll cover that. What about the ladies? I'll be covering all the Asian games. The women's team, of course, they're in Hangzhou at the moment. They've played a couple of games. Different team to normal because of the eligibility rules, bots. Just, just on that eligibility, during the week, um, Cricket Hong Kong retweeted, so... Following it on the 8 for 52 podcast, not just on Insta, but we're on Twitter, on X as well. They retweeted uh, an article from the South China Morning Post about, um, and it did cover eligibility, saying how the likes of Mariko, Yasmin and Shanzin weren't eligible. And um, some persons called Front Foot Drive responded to that article, replied and said, Cricket Hong Kong China should have known about this problem for ages. And yet other sports have sorted this out. For example, rugby, who could win gold. Are the executive committee and management fast asleep or don't they care? Why send a second 11? That's a bit harsh. Well, well that's what the podcast thought as well. So our podcast reached out to Front Foot Drive and said, candidate for the dumbest tweet ever, current yellow jersey. Which is... Which is Polite. It was rather polite. It's polite. It's to the point. It gets the point across. Yeah. But yet polite. We can we can talk about uh, the eligibility rules in depth during Sky Road Plaza. But on, front foot I, drive. Front foot drive. Oh, they're still going. Yeah, it comes back. Disagree. Disagree. Chance to have cricket at the sports institutes. Throw every resource into effort and get your best players. Hong Kong passports. Had four years to plan. Worth millions for cricket. That's why Hong Kong rugby successful. Well. Front foot drive is really getting right on that front foot, right? So, uh, 
podcast responds. Your intentions seem good, but you have no understanding of the reality. That's okay. Get on the front foot and drive. You'll edge a few. You'll miss a couple and get out a few in the middle. Then, then. They're still going. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. A third player enters the room. Oh. A third player enters the room. Enters the chat. Justin Pierce enters the chat. Okay. You know Justin Pierce? I don't. No. Justin Pierce was the uh, board member of Cricket Hong Kong. Oh, he for probably five, knows a few for, things. For five years, 2012 to 2017. Uh-huh. And then took over as interim CEO. So he's fine. He, he gets himself involved. The point about HKSI is correct. And it was a strategic imperative of Cricket Hong Kong since 2015. Well, hang on. That's on your watch, Pierce, right? That's when that's when you were on the board. It's when you were CEO. So I'm not sure why you're piping up now, right? To get tier A status, there had to be an Asian Games achieved and there would be a need to be a podium finish, blah, blah, blah. To do this needs a best 11 on the field and overcome eligibility issues. Well, it was on his watch he's talking about. He couldn't overcome those eligibility issues. So I don't know what front foot drive and him are going on about. Anyway, it goes on. Pierce, the front foot drive comes back again, blurts something out. Pierce comes back again. How you implement the strategy is the key. Clearly some of the best players, blah, blah, blah. Look, the fact of the matter is, right, mm. these are the facts. The Asian Games, cricket hasn't been in the Asian Games 2014. Okay. Right? For a start. Yeah. yeah. To get a passport is what is required to play in the Asian Games, right? So these guys are advocating players to get Hong Kong passports and that's fine some of them may choose to do that but to do so the first step is become a Chinese citizen correct okay? which means you've got to give up your passport and citizenship of another country right? enormously massive decision when I don't know what the cricket Hong Kong pay the contracted players but a lot of these people will have careers now they're eligible for the ICC games that's the ICC rules and then you've got all this the Asian games with the different rules these people advocating Young people to give up the citizenship of their country to become Chinese citizens. Fantastic. Some may choose to do so. But you need to respect those who don't. We're on the we're on Twitter, as you can see. Well engaged. Exactly. Exactly. Podcast. And, uh, what is it? Eight five two podcast? What are, what are we called? What are we called on Twitter? The eight for fifty two podcast. Easy to find. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, if uh, Front Foot Drive or Justin Pierce, if you want to reach out again, we're more than happy to engage on uh, Twitter, Instagram or uh, any which way you like. This is the 8 for 52 podcast with Bodders and Bushy. On with the show. It's time for Outs and Ends. A full wrap of senior cricket games in Hong Kong from last weekend. Here's Bodders. All right, Outs and Ends. And we're at USRC again by the pool, Bushy. Absolutely beautiful, beautiful USRC. Let's go through Outs and Ends. And we do have some games to talk about, mate. It's fantastic. Saturday Div 2. HKU, they got on. They batted first. And off their 35 overs, they were 9 for 149. Set up largely by their opener, Yakzan Rajan, who's good 84 off 79. And he had a 93 opening partnership, Bushy, with Krishna. LSW Thunder, they came out and they were absolutely steamrolled for 71. Four wickets for Tyran Rangasangi, pick of the bowlers. So it's good to get a Div 2 game out of the way, Bushy, fantastic. LSW out for less than what Rajan scored. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. 13 less, right? Very yeah. impressive. Yeah, no, day out for Rajan out there. Good win for HKU. Um, table, Bushy? Uh, it's a long one. Bear with me. At the top of the table, play two games, one, one, loss and abandoned one. HKU in second place with one game played, one win is Little Saiwan leaders. 
HKCC Witherers have a Bristol one point. What's, from a, what, what's a witherer? Uh, I have no idea. I would have thought something that withered away. They're not withering away at the moment. They're third on the ladder. We should get someone from HKCC. They withered away last year. They were relegated. Well, this is true. Yeah. Now, now, now they haven't actually played a game. They're on one point. Actually, all, the next four also haven't played a game. It was abandoned. Kaitak, USRC, Laguna Gully, Centaurs. They're all on the one point. And then two teams have lost a game, Craig and Hour and Little Saiwan Thunder. And yet to play a game, KCC Saracens, SCC Lancers and India Club Surya all also on zero points. Very good. Saturday, Div 1, uh, two matches abandoned. Who was that? Jing Sung and PACC, Gap Ramblers, Charlie Bears. And the Tartars Crusaders game wasn't abandoned, it was moved. It's moved to November 4, I understand. Bushy tabled Saturday Div 1. Yep, just uh, pulling it up now. Saturday Div 1. Charlie Bears top of the table. Um, only because they've played two games and they've both been washed out. So they've got two points. Same goes with the Optimists. I believe it's the Optimists or is it the Ramblers? It's the Ramblers. Ramblers. I apologise. There's so many teams. The Ramblers also two points from two abandoned games. Lama Cricket. Uh, Matt, hang on. This table does not have any games played. All right. Don't worry about the table. Anyway, it's mostly washouts. Don't worry. Let's move on. Sunday Div 2, mate. We were out there, two games, two games scheduled and two games played in Sunday Div 2. Indeed. The first game was the one we called. Yeah, we Infidels were Infidels versus the uh, Sri Lankan Lions. Yeah, we were out there. It was, uh, it was a good day. Good day out. Full day of cricket, no rain interruptions. Infidels all out for 363. Well, they're out, they, were, they, were, they were all out for 358. And then they got an extra five points after putting over 300 runs on the board. To add insult to injury, they had, the Lions had a slow bowling uh, rate and got five, slapped five, five points, five, five runs. Penalty runs, that's right, that's right. Tik Iqbal coming in at number nine, top scoring with 70, although if you were looking at Crick HQ a couple of hours ago, it had him at 64 or 66. Uh, it was a bit of a shambles with Crick HQ on the weekend, Bush. It was. Uh, it wasn't a great day. Uh, we we had a lot of. If you were listening live, you, you would have noticed we had a lot of scoring issues. Uh, but in the end, it wasn't that hard to work out. One team scored three hundred sixty-three, and the other one just got just a tick over the ton. Yeah, just on the Crick HQ, just a bit of advice for Sri Lanka Lions, and I'm absolutely no criticism of the volunteer scorer who was there themselves. But you know, this is not under 11's game. This is Sunday Div Two, and it. You need to send out people who know how to use Crick HQ and actually know the players and then don't get up in the middle of the game to give players drinks and just walk away from the scoring as well. So you need to have properly trained people. It really delayed the game in numerous times and those penalty runs could well have come from scoring delays, right? There was a few of those and knowing the players in the Sunday Elite is paramount. I mean, we're talking the elite of yeah. Hong Kong cricket, Div 1, Div 2. You should know your players because it really slows the game down when we're scoring yeah. and trying to commentate. So I call out for the Lions. Just, um, you know, get someone fully trained up and get them down there and the game will run a lot more smoothly. Yeah, 363, Bushy. Um, but it wasn't as impressive as it sounds. Six of the seven infidels got themselves out of the top order. Actually, right now, I'm going to put a little clip from our game on Sunday, you commentating with you giving some advice to the infidels. Tremendously competitive. lot to improve on, though, for the Infidels, Bushy. lot to improve on. They're going to have to be better than that later in the season against some of the other teams, especially the HKC teams. Batting line-up. Most of the batting line-up for the Infidels would be disappointed with the way they were dismissed. They've got to get better later in the season. You're a harsh, you're a harsh 
captain here, Captain Botfield. Just on the fractures now. 358 on the board. Not happy. Well, you've, got to be, you've just got to be honest and true with yourself, right? Six of the top seven got themselves out. Um, there was hundreds out there for them. They this didn't true. convert. They're all better than that. And when they come up against, let's be honest, the stronger teams, they're going to have to perform better. Yeah. Well, you have it. Captain Botfield giving his advice live on the coverage on Sunday. And a quick shout-out to Dyer from the Lions. He got three wickets. I will just say that uh, Captain Atik Iqbal um, totally agrees with everything I said. He went back and listened to the game while we were just having a post-game beverage, cup he's, of tea. He's, and he's, 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 his post-match talk was aligned with my commentary, so um, I take a lot of credit out of that. Thank you very much. Now, up the hill, it was the Dragons and the Optimists. Now, the Dragons batted first. And they were all out for 242, an absolutely great score, Bush. Fantastic effort by the Dragons. Not expected, especially as we discussed on last week's podcast. It was a Dragons home game, but they had to play up the hill at HKCC, and they put on a good total. Yeah, 242, very good score. 57 from Thinlay Kenchub, 44 for Jason Liu, but a whopping 53 extras from the Optimus, which would nearly ended up top score, 31 wides, and... You know, I know it's early in the season, right? And a lot of players, especially the quicks, haven't been able to get outside and train. But, you know, it's probably a bit too much. It's early. They'll, they'll improve off the back of that, the Optimus. In the 22nd over of the Optimus innings, the, op- the Dragons had the Optimus 4 for 113. They must have thought they were in with a shout. Well, we thought they were in for a shout. Victory was in sight, without a doubt. And at that time, though, Harry Flory was out there batting well. And he was joined in the middle by... Siegfried Y. Siegfried Y, the one that plays for Cricket Hong Kong Dragons. The same Siegfried Y, who's the Dragons' captain, I thought. Well, it doesn't look like... Apparently he's not this year, because now he's playing for the Optimists. Evidently, yes, because he went out and joined Flory in the middle at 4 for 113. And 20 overs later, Flory has brought up his maiden century, exactly 100 not out, and Ziggy 63 not out, and the Optimists win. So I wonder how Ziggy felt. Well, he must have been a two. He's probably very happy, to be honest. He was happy he was on the winning side with the Optimists. The Dragons might have been a little upset, but that's cricket. Yeah, it is indeed. Anyway, good luck with Ziggy. He's obviously a, uh, he's an Optimist now, so good luck to him for the season. Uh, we've got a table there, Bushy? We do, and it's finally been updated. If all the scoring has been done incorrectly. Not incorrectly, but put in the system correctly. Eventually. Well, maybe incorrectly. No, right. The table. Sunday Elite Div 2. Top of the table with their massive win. The KCC Infidels played 2-1-1. One, one, one abandoned. Three points net run rate plus 5.2. That's significantly higher. And uh, also on three points, but with a much less net run rate, is the Hong Kong Cricket Club. Just checking which one it is. It's the Optimists. And they have won one, which they won against the Dragons. Abandoned one, three points, net run rate of 0.995. The other Hong Kong Cricket Club team has played one, one, one. That's Wanderers. They've got a decent net score run rate as well of plus 4.0 on two points. Dragons played two, lost two. They're on zero points. Sri Lankan Lions, who played the Infidels, played one, lost one, zero points. And yet to play a game is little so one, so they're bottom of the table. Excellent. And in Sunday Div 1, unfortunately, as we predicted last week, Mission Road was in no state to play cricket, so Pakistan Association and LSW was abandoned. And that, Bushy, is it for Outs and Ends this week. Hi, I'm Michael Vaughan, and you're listening to the 8 for 52 podcast with Botters and Bushy. It's time for Ends and Outs. With all the weekend senior games covered, Here's Botters. All right, ins and outs, here we go. Eight matches this weekend, a big weekend of cricket. 
Unfortunately, there's no Sunday Division 1 scheduled. Let's get into Saturday Division 2. First off with this four-game schedule. First one, Kaitak and the LSW leaders at GDB. It's a very important game, this Kaitak, because I don't want the leaders to get too far away on the table early in a big fight for promotion. I'll tip Kaitak in this one. Uh, Witherers Hung C at HKCC. Witherers will win that. USRC Tigers versus the Saracens. Tigers for me in this one. And finally, India Shuraz versus the Centaurs out at Cam Tin. I'll take the home team in that one, the India Club. So they Div 1, Punjab Lions versus USRC at Mission Road. Hopefully they'll get on there this week. I can't see how. Oh, no. It's, 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 that, it's in disrepair. Mm. Uh, it's going to take some work. And I did see head um, groundskeeper Jashim. He's still in Hangzhou. Still he's, wa- he's watching the He's watching the ladies. No shoes on walking around the ground. I don't know if he's working. He's enjoying the cricket, though. Yeah, it's good on him. Good on him. Good on him. Well, under-19s are training out there tonight at Mission Road, so I'll, I'll get a report later from some of the squad members of what it looks like. But, yeah, it is doubtful, I'd say. Punjab Lions versus USRC. If they get on, I'll tip Punjab. HKCC Nomads versus Lama. That one's out of PKVR Park, so they'll definitely get on there on the uh, on the artificial surface. Nomads will be way too strong in that one. Sunday, Div 2, Bushy. Just uh, one game up the hill. Wanderers and the LSW Knights. The Knights finished second last year, just missed out on promotion to Div 1, up against the Wanderers who've come down from Div 1. So that could be a really good battle. It would be. I think that's a good one. Who are you tipping? LSW. Okay. I'll, I'll go the Wanderers. I think at home the Wanderers will be too strong up there. That is it for ins and outs. Wait, wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. one more ins and outs. Yeah, what? There's a game on Sunday at KCC that I'm calling live uh, on the KCC YouTube. Biggest game of the weekend, if you ask me. Under 15. Under 15's elite has begun, and because the game's on at KCC, and I'm always just sitting there in a like plastic chair, they just put a tent over me at Might night. Might well put a put microphone. A, put up, a microphone yeah. on me while I'm over there, and uh, I'll be calling that live so, on the KCC YouTube. Morning, page. morning or afternoon. One thirty p.m. start. Very leisurely. Beautiful. Nice way to fill the afternoon. Tune in KCC. YouTube site and watch yeah, a bit of under Ty- 15s. Typhoons versus the USRC team, where we are today. The up-and-coming uh, generation of Hong Kong cricket live on the KCC YouTube. Tune in with Bushy. That's it for ins and outs. It's time for my story. Where the elites of cricket in Hong Kong tell us their story. All right, now it's time for my story. Wait, what? My story? I uh, what, what happened to PPF, past, present and future? I decided to park PPF right, for so, the rest of the season. We've so, converted into my story. So PPF is much more past than present or future. It's in the past. Let's look forward. It's my story and what a privilege it is to have one Mr. Anshaman Rath with us. We're recording up at the Hong Kong Cricket Club, the beautiful Hong Kong Cricket Club. And with us is one and only Anshi Rath. Welcome. Uh, absolute pleasure, guys. Absolute pleasure to be here. Beautiful. Thanks so much for giving up your time for us. Now, what we do in my story is we everyone knows Anshi Rath the cricketer and we, and we will talk cricket for sure. But we want to hear a little bit about your story and where it all began. Well, it began here, really. I was, what, five years old? You know, my dad dragging my ass out of bed to gappers at ridiculous o'clock in the morning. And uh, the love for the game grew. You know, obviously being of Indian, you know, heritage and, you know, cricket kind of runs through the blood. And, 
you know, I just love my time here. You couldn't get me out of this club. And, um, you know, that's where my love for the game grew. Uh, fortunately enough, I was able to take my cricket overseas as well and uh, just kind of developed from there, really. But grassroots level was definitely here at HKCC. Who were, who were some of your uh, very first coaches in that Gappers program? Do you remember? Oh, quite a few. Uh, you know, we had Jawad Iqbal, who's now our manager at, you know, Cricket Hong Kong for donkey's years. He... He was one of my first few coaches, Tabarak Dar, ex-Hong Kong captain. He was my coach. Uh, you know, we had the legendary Mark Wright, who was, uh, who was also my, my coach for, uh, for a long time. So quite a few. You were in very safe hands from a five-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So you went to school here in Hong Kong. Whereabouts? I've got West Island High School written. Yeah, yeah. So from, from since I was born to 14, been in Hong Kong. Uh, went to West Island School. Um, then was fortunate enough to get a scholarship for cricket to to Harris School in London. So, so my, how how old were you when it, when you went across to London? To I Harris? was fourteen. Right. Yeah. Oh, very young. So you were you hadn't debuted for the national team yet. You, I did just age group I, I debuted just before I left. So how old were you when you debuted? Fourteen. Fourteen years old. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So from, from your dad dragging you up here <laughs> as a five year old, nine years later you're donning the national kit. And you're on a scholarship to the UK. Yeah, you know, I'd, I personally don't think I was ready. Uh, but, you know, we had a really good coach at the time for Cricket Hong Kong who really invested in a lot of young players, the likes of Chappie, myself, Jamie Atkinson was was captain, Irfan Ahmed, Nadeem Ahmed, um, you know, Nizakat, Azaz, you know, that crop of players, you know, he really pushed through and we kind of stuck together for a good three, four, five years. That took us to World Cup qualifications, uh, you know, almost qualifying for the 50 over World Cup in 2015, top 10 in the world. It was it was that crop of guys under Charlie Burke that really, really, you know, bumped us up. And, um, you know, we had a really good, good crop of players. Charlie, Charlie Burke is an avid listener to the podcast. So you can give him a shout out. Yeah, I'd love to hear his name there. Shout out to Burkey. What, a, what an absolute legend he is. Safely back so, home at so Perth now in the AFL. Yes, absolutely. So you were in Harrow and also doing international duties? Yeah, so I was going back and forth, obviously having to get permission from my teachers. And um, and it was it was quite tough to balance both of them. You know, some absolutely horrible flights in terms of timing and, you know, getting from Hong Kong to to back to London, straight to Hong Kong and then to Australia to play a one-day game the next day and... You know, it was crazy, but, you know, it was, it definitely made me stronger mentally for sure doing all the hours. Quite a teenage year. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It's a bit more exciting than mine. A lot of frequent flyer points for a young man. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know where they went. I think my dad claimed all of them, to be honest. <laughs> well, he probably deserved it after having to bring you down to Gathers <laughs> at 6 a.m. on a Saturday. Absolutely. What's the rule? Whoever pays gets the points, isn't it? The thing? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. So, so that, was, it the, was it the Harrow experience that led you into Middlesex? Yeah, so there was a sort of link between Harrow and Middlesex in terms of there were a couple of Middlesex Academy players at Harrow already and the Academy directors were keeping a close eye on um, students at Harrow School and I went into Harrow School with a cricket scholarship um, and apparently the scholarship was between me and Sam Curran. Oh, really? And, uh, you know, I was a little bit smarter than him so they went with me. <laughs> <laughs> like that, Sam Curran. Pretty sure they regret that decision, but... <laughs> But yeah, so uh, Middlesex kept a close eye uh, on that. And then I basically filtered through, had a couple of trial games, you know, got into the winter program and then kind of went on from there. 
Oh, that must have been a tremendous experience. So you played in that Middlesex system for how long? So I was there from 14 uh, to 18 slash 19. Yeah. And then couldn't get the visa to yeah. play, yeah? Yeah. It was, I wasn't allowed to play professional cricket in England on a student visa. Right. Yeah. Which right. is what happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So the next move after there was back to back to Hong Kong. It was back to Hong Kong for a couple of years. It was a tough decision between my uh, my degree um, or quitting cricket. You yeah. know, because in the UK I was not legally allowed to do both. So it was either this or that, and um, you know, it took a lot of convincing um, from the parents. You know, I had to really convince them because obviously, you know, you know, being of Asian heritage, you know, your studies come first. So it was it, it was quite tough to convince my dad um, to let me. Uh, to let me follow the dream essentially yeah Yeah. Um, but you know credit to them my parents you know they they let me do that and um, I put my degree on hold came back to Hong Kong and um, tried to figure out what my next step was because I always wanted to push myself as much as I could which is what I was doing in England yeah Um, and then New Zealand was the next destination and I was there for six months um, down in Christchurch or maybe just under six months um, which was quite tough you know, Canterbury very fortunately gave me a three-year work-to-residence visa, so the qualifying was was pretty straightforward. Um, but again, you know, being t- I was 20 or 21 at the time, on the other side of the world, no parents, no family. It was it was a little bit tougher than I thought it would be. Um, and you know, had I had I been a little bit more mentally strong, I would have stuck it out. But I think doing 10 months a year for three years on your own in your roaring 20s, I was like. Maybe, maybe not for me. And it is New Zealand as well. It's not Australia, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, no comment Staying out of that one. <laughs> no comment. Big got... Kiwis in, New Zealand, in Hong Kong. I was oh. going to say, got a lot of Kiwi mates. I don't want. Absolutely. <laughs> Fair enough, too. So, five year old, HKCC Gappers, 14 debut for Hong Kong. Next step as far as national was captain. When did that come about? Yeah. So, there's a. It, it, it's a really, really funny story. Well, not really funny at the time, but it's funny when you look back at it. So I was a vice captain of the side going into the Asia Cup qualifiers. Yeah. Barber was, was captain. And we were playing a couple of practice games against Malaysia. This was two days before the main tournament. And the main tournament was brutal. It was 50 overs. You know, you've got Oman, Nepal, UAE, us, Malaysia, Singapore. And you're playing two games back-to-back with one rest day in between. So two games rest, two games rest, game, and then the final. And it's only one team that qualifies for the Asia Cup. So it was a brutal tournament. So we had a couple of practice games against Malaysia. And while we were playing, you know, Barber was captaining. And and Barber comes up to me, we're batting, and Barber comes up to me, we, we've both gotten out or we've retired or whatever it was. Barber comes up to me and says, Anshu, you're captain. I was like, what, for, for this innings? And he's like, no, for the tournament. And I'm just looking dumbfounded. He's not even told Cookie yet, who was our head coach. And I'm just going, wait, what? I think I was, I was what, 20 or 19? or I think, yeah. Move. yeah, he just says, no, no, I don't want to do it. No, no explanation, nothing. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, I can't really say no, can I? I mean, we're playing day after tomorrow in our first game against Malaysia. And then he kind of tells Cookie and Cookie's like, well, we don't have a choice. You know, we have a vice captain for a reason. So then we had the team meetings, the captain's meetings, you know, with the photo with the trophy and stuff like that. So I ended up having to go to that. 
and Paris Kudka, who is the captain of Nepal at the time, absolute legend and goat of associate cricket, he comes up to me and he's like, actually, where's Barber? I was like, mate, I don't know. He's <laughs> like, is it? Is is he what sick or something? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> so I just had no clue. So you're appointed on the practice field by the captain to be the captain. Yeah, literally two days two before days the out. competition. And yeah. as you say, a brutal tournament coming out. Absolute brutal tournament, and that, and we'd absolutely smashed Malaysia in those practice games. That first game, the tournament opener was against Malaysia, and we lost that game. Mm. And I'm just thinking, holy shit, we're about to play. UAE, Nepal, Oman, all the other teams. We've lost to one of the weaker teams in the side on my first day as captain. On your watch, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking, where's my resignation letter? <laughs> you didn't call Bubba over and say, Bubba, up to you again. Nah, <laughs> nah. I, I think he clocked out by that. Yeah. <laughs> so it was all on me. But, you know, fortunately enough, we, we ended up winning that tournament. You know, the group really rallied yeah. together and it was a fantastic performance by by everybody involved. Was that the tournament that took you into the match against India eventually? Yes. yes. Yeah, it was, yeah. Talk, what a great what a great uh, lead into that. What a great seg. Talk, yeah. talk to us well, about it, that. It's great now, but it was <laughs> chaotic at the time. <laughs> but, but it's such a good story for a podcast. Uh, brilliant. Now we're going to get on to that Asian Games. 2018. Asia Cup. Five years, five years ago exactly this week, actually. Oh. Yeah, 18th of September, 2018. Set 286 to win. You and Nazaka, none for 174. 34 overs, you batted together. What was, what was that like of getting it to that stage? And, then, and what were you thinking at that time? That, you know, are you going to win this? Well, for me, it was more, I was more concerned about Nizakat not cramping up because he was complaining about cramps the whole time. And I was like, mate, you're batting well. Don't cramp. Keep going. It was terrible advice, but I was just like, don't cramp. Captain's advice. Yeah, don't, don't cramp. Give me, don't give me that excuse. <laughs> Drink water. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was it was surreal. You don't expect to do that. I think I think the Indians did take us a little bit lightly. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, you know, for them, the main game was the India-Pakistan game, which was the next day. And... Um, you know, me and Nizakat, we, we just had that no fear factor, really. I mean, what what did we have to lose? Zero downside. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you got... We did really well to restrict them to 280. I think at one stage they were set to go for 340, 350. Mm. But, you know, Kinship bowled a really good spell at the end. Um, Ezaz came back and bowled really well at the end with the slow balls. I think we used the wicket really well. You know, I kept on telling the bowlers, let's not try to go Yorkers because the wicket's slow. Let's bowl into the wicket. And it kind of worked. And we restricted them to 280 after they probably should have got to 340. Yeah. So I think we took that momentum going into the um, going into our batting innings. And um, yeah, I just told Nizakat, just bat without fear, mate. We've got nothing to lose. How good is this? You know, I've always been a half-glass full kind of guy. So yeah. I was just like, hey, you're playing India against people. You know, you, you do well here, mate. You're never going to, nobody can take it away from you. And we didn't even look at targets, really. We were just like, let's survive this over. You know, we're playing against big dogs here. You know, we won over, we survived. You know, keep being positive. Keep playing your shots, you know. Just keep batting. Just keep batting, really. Yeah, not much. And then when he started cramping, I started being like, no, you know, don't worry. I got this. You know, I started rotating the strike and sort of controlling the pace of the game while he was, you know, being the, the aggressor, uh, which, which really helped me, uh, to be honest, and helped our partnership because... You know, had he dot, dotted up, then I would have been tempted to play a shot or had he gone in his shell, something different might have happened. So I think it was just a good combination of control plus aggression. 
and we kind of took it to 174 runs. I think that's a great point about about cricket, especially opening partners, is batting together as a partnership. Absolutely. And understanding each other's yeah. strengths and weaknesses, not just as you're walking out, but as you're going through an innings, a big yeah. partnership. 100%. I think it's very overlooked nowadays with the T20 leagues and everyone just goes in to whack it. But um, I think it's definitely, uh, definitely undervalued, you know, partnerships in cricket, especially in the longer format. Speaking of T20s and the various T20 franchise leagues around the world, you've got interest in going forward in that regard and putting your name forward for, for them going yeah, forward? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to. Yeah. I mean, if selected, of course, yeah. um, you know, it's a little bit harder being from Hong Kong. I think being an associate player, you already have so many disadvantages when it comes to leagues. You know, the name, the fame, all of that, you know, we tend to get overlooked. Um, so again, it's just waiting for your right opportunity. And, you know, when you do, you kind of have to grab it. You know, I played in the GT20 in Canada. That yeah. went really well. Um you know, I, I had to keep wicket even though I've, I haven't kept wicket in six years. But, you know, um, but again, yeah, you just got to take your opportunity when it comes. And all we can do is just wait for that opportunity and keep putting in performances. There's not really much else to do. And speaking of opportunities, on the horizon, on the very near horizon, the T20 World Cup qualifiers to qualify for next year's World Cup in USA and West Indies, that must be uh, one of those opportunities where you can put yourself forward, get back on that big stage again. How are you feeling about going into the uh, the qualifiers? Yeah, feeling good. You know, obviously we've got our new head coach, Simon Willis. Um, I think he's adjusted really, really well and really quickly, uh, considering he came on quite short notice. I think he's done really well with the boys and he's developed a bond you know, that's sometimes been overlooked between coach and player. I think that relationship is very important in order for you to have a clear mind and, you know, just express yourself. So I think he's done that really well. It's just now it's just a case of getting it into matches and replicating that in matches. And I think the more matches we play, the more comfortable we'll get in our roles. Well, speaking on that, match practice for anyone in Hong Kong has been limited to say best we're coming up the off-season and then the washouts and washouts, Mission Roads washed out. How we, now the Asian Games team is currently in Malaysia. They're getting some time and out in the middle, but yourself and a few others of the big names of Hong Kong cricket are not getting any game time. Have you got any plan to, to, to prep for the qualifiers? Yeah, well, obviously there's, there's not much you can do with the rain. It's, it's been proper biblical over the last two, three weeks. A um, bit of sunshine, maybe hopefully the lads can go out. But me personally, I'm... I'm off to India to uh, to get a couple of weeks uh, of outdoor training under my belt. Um, I'm linking up with a coach that when I was out there playing, you know, I, I was training under. So, you know, he's a fantastic coach, really, really knows his stuff. And yeah, just kind of getting out there, getting on turf. He's quite a balls. famous coach, right? He is, yeah. So he's, uh, he's Amol Muzumdar, who's uh, scored donkey's runs in first-class cricket. And, you know, he averages crazy numbers and he's Roger Sunrose's ex-batting coach so he's I think he was also the uh, Dutch batting coach for a, for a while in between so he's got a bit of history with associate cricket as well so he's okay. you know he knows what he's doing and um, you know I just want to kind of get out there and get my boots sturdy really get out and hit some balls and absolutely dry for a period of time yeah, I'm and sick I'm sick of facing those astroturf nets <laughs> absolutely then before the quality so after you do the sessions in, in 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 India before the actual World Cup qualifiers in Nepal? Is there uh, warm up games organised? Yeah, so we so Simon's organised a tri series with Nepal and um, UAE 
officially that is of now. I think it's subject to change. Maybe one more team adds in, or right. I don't know. It's not. It's not hundred percent set in yeah. stone, but so but, far. But you, you guys are going to Nepal. Yes. Yes, as of our schedules, we are going to Nepal um, for a tri-series against UAE and uh, Nepal, uh, which should be good, getting used to the conditions. Brilliant. Because Nepal conditions are very different to everywhere else. You know, you've got high altitude, spinning wickets. Ball goes a lot further just because of the altitude. Exactly. Yeah. Crazy Ball. crowds. Yeah, I mean, got 20,000 people against you is never nice. You kind of need to get used to that. Got to channel it. Yeah, absolutely. So for some of our lads, it's going to be a first-time experience. So for it should, sure. be, should be good fun. Um, I think it's definitely needed. And, um, you know, it's a great, great opportunity to get used to the conditions before a big tournament. Oh, that's brilliant. Now, speaking of conditions, and we just touched on it earlier, the weather in Hong Kong has been miserable. So the Scorpions, who you play for here at Hong Kong Cricket Club, Yet to get out of the middle. The first game was rescheduled. The second game was a washout. I think the next game is October 1st. I had it up on my screen. Yeah. But you might be away for that one. So for the Scorpions, we mentioned it many a time on the podcast already, Bots. Fair lineup. Fair lineup. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been, uh, yeah. Sunday Champions, I believe. Yeah, Sunday. Ch- no, we're not yeah, that's, that. uh, yeah, that's an interesting like, default. Way to get there. <laughs> Run second, get washed out. Again, not, not getting oh, involved. Right, right, right. Well, we'll yeah. save that for later. Anyway, <laughs> at the moment, uh, the Scorpions do have a huge lineup with you. Nizakart, Martin Kutsia, they got Ash uh, Shukla, Ayu Shukla, and others. And they're all going to be away doing all their other things. So is this, how's the Scorpions looking for the rest of the season? And when are you planning on being back out in the middle for the Scorpions? So I, I think uh, so far, I've, uh, I think I'll be back around early October, um, I'll try to see if I can make that game, but, you know. That's against uh, Little Sai Wan up yes. here at uh, Hong Kong Cricket Club, October 8. It's just a tremendously strong unit. Yeah, it really is. I don't think they're going to miss me, to be honest. I mean, with that kind of lineup with the Scorpions, I don't think they're going to miss me at all. I think everyone will miss you, Ranch. You <laughs> don't worry about that. Everyone will miss you. But uh, Well, yeah, there is ample support there. But if you take out of that Scorpions team, if it arises, we need to look at the draw more closely. If you take seven out, it's very different to taking one out. Yeah, um, yeah. So hopefully for the most of the season, all of you guys are able to play and available for the yes. Scorpions. Yep. That's what we want to see, right? It's the yep. strongest Sunday league we can leading into the Premier League later on in the yeah, season. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I love playing for the club. And, um, you know, obviously, um, you know, when I organised this training session, I didn't have a, the greatest look at the fixtures. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've, I've, I've spoken to Simon and... Um, you know, I think he he understands, and um, you know, I hope the club understand. But you know, there are a lot of games which I will be available for. There's also um, we understand an All Star series coming up around that yeah. middle of October, so it sounds like you'll be back for that. That's yes. just before the pre tour. Yeah. yeah, 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 just before the pre tour. I think it's tenth or eleventh or twelfth or something week, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, something like that. Yeah, yeah. you're both close. Don't tell me it's in the middle. I believe it's 12, 13, 14, oh, 15. Oh, we go. we've, we've, we've got a cover. Combination. Uh, Good opening we, partnership. We've got, yeah, we've go. got the dates. We've got the players. All we need is the ground. Because yeah. at the moment, uh, Tinkwong Road Recreation Ground. Jasim, who is still up at Hangzhou. I saw him on the TV today. Come back, Jasim. We need you. <laughs> well, it's a month from now, so let's 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 be optimistic about it, and we get some good weather, and the grounds in good condition, and have a wonderful All Star series. That'll be fantastic. Yeah, it's it's always good fun to play, you know, against the best in Hong Kong. You know. It's, you get a lot of up-and-coming players, likes of Shiv Matur and, and stuff like that. And, you know, you've got a lot of experience as well. So it's a good mix, I think. I think um, All-Stars is a fantastic series. We go back a few years, again, Mission Road, the, 
the Hong Kong T20 Blitz was on there for a couple of seasons, which you were a key player in. Did you enjoy that time? A bit too much. <laughs> a bit too much. It was, uh, you know, I think I was 19 years old. You know, you're captaining your idol. I could have just died then and there, really. How good is that? Hell, mate. How good is that? Uh, nobody will ever take that away from me. Yeah. You know, I could retire now and just be like, name drop. There you go. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Fantastic experience. Great for Hong Kong cricket as well. I think um, the exposure that our local players got was brilliant. Um, you know, it's a shame it didn't carry on because yeah. I think a lot of opportunities could have come from that. Um, you know, especially now that you look at all the other associate countries are getting leagues, yet we were the first one well, to have a league. That, that, was, that was exactly right. Hong Kong was ahead of the curve there, yeah. very much so at the associate level. Now all the others have theirs, but uh, yeah. Hong Kong was first to the party, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, you know, a lot of the players enjoyed their time in Hong Kong. Um, a lot of them have been to Hong Kong before. Um, and it was a great experience for all the players. Angie, thank you so much for joining us on our very first My Story. Thank you for sharing your story with us and all our listeners out there. It's been an absolute pleasure. We wish you all the very best in India initially, then through the World Cup qualifiers into the rest of the season for Hong Kong Cricket Club. We wish you all the best, mate. Thanks for joining us. Cheers, guys. Absolute pleasure. Thanks. I'm Shiv Mathur, winner of the 2022-2023 Cricket Hong Kong Junior Cricketer of the Year, and you're listening to the 8 for 52 podcast with Potters and Bushy. Sky Plaza Road Time, that's when we talk international cricket for the Hong Kong teams. And starting up, we'll talk about the men's team. They're in a tri-nation series in Malaysia against Malaysia and Papua New Guinea. And Bodice, I don't want to talk about that. Oh, I'll, I'll cover that, mate. I'll cover that for us. Uh, two games played so far. And let's just say, well, the fact that our season hasn't started here, really, and the rain has been so bad, which has significantly impacted any possibility of outdoor training, I think that's shown up in these first two games, especially the first game, Bushy. All that, all that rain has made us... Rusty. Yeah. Ah, see what I did there? Yeah, I know. It's brilliant. That's one of your best. Yeah. Uh, first game <laughs> first game against Malaysia. Uh, Malaysia 8 for a 181. And uh, Hong Kong China rolled for just 79. Um, Bushy, it's fair to say it wasn't the greatest performance from our quicks, including 11 wides. Spinner's got us back into it somewhat. Gaz bagged 3 for 22, bowled really well off his four overs. Uh, Hong Kong China rolled with the bat for 79 with uh, Big Bad Bubba. Top scoring, the top scoring with only 22. So that was a real, as you say, blow the cobwebs off, blow the rust off. Uh, second game was against Papua New Guinea. Better effort with the ball, but still, there's still plenty of upside there, mate. There's still plenty of upside. PNG batting first, they got 163. Niaz Ali took a wicket in his first over yeah. for Hong Kong. Yeah, no, it was tremendous to see. Would You know, he's worked for so many years for that opportunity and he's got it. And absolutely tremendous. And look, again, a better performance with the bat. Um, we lost, but we made 139, chasing 163 posted from PNG. Bubba again, top score, but this time he was 60 off 49, and he was really well supported, Bushy, um, with a partnership of a bit over 50. I think it was 53 with, with Shiv Matter, who, who made 20, so it was a good partnership. Young fella doing very well, and I want to talk about Bubba's innings because there was an absolute doozy in this game. Yeah. Bubba's hit a six. It's gone over the rope. That's six runs. Yeah. yeah. And the player from Papua New Guinea now, he's done that to try to be fancy and jump over the rope in the air and flick it back. And yeah. he did. He, he jumped in the air and he flicked it back to a player who caught it. Yeah. But 
Firstly, yeah. now, now jumped after he'd gone over the rope. So, oh. so, so, so he wasn't inside the so field when he jumped. It, he caught so, it over the rope. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, he, he did his leap, but he yeah. was about a metre over the rope mm -hmm. and then threw it back in. Now, what is that? That's, is, a, that's okay. It's that's either okay. a six or an eight. No, no, no. If he doesn't ground his foot across the rope, if he throws it back in before his feet are grounded, it's ball in play still, right? Ball yeah, yeah but, but he grounded his foot over the line, before over, over the rope. Oh, well, then, then that's six. Yes. Yeah. But it's either one or the other. Well, it's either out. If, if the guy's caught it on the fall, mm. umpire decides there's only two options there. Two options. Six. Six. It's like in the backyard playing at home. It's six, six or, or you're out. One or the other. Guess what it was. What did the umpires decide? Dot ball. Dot ball. Dot ball. How, how can they come up with dot ball? No idea. Controversy. And he got out two balls later. Well, it was all it was all very, it very strange six. down I'm there. I'm telling tonight. you now, it was a six. And there was a lot of debate. I think the game was probably held up for, what, two minutes at mm. least, maybe three minutes? Whatever they oh. discussed, they discussed the wrong thing. Yeah, anyway, we got beaten, but it was look, it was a much better effort in the second game, and the boys can take a lot more confidence into the next game against Malaysia and PNG, and we'll cover both of them on the podcast next week. Uh, before the men go on to the actual Asia Games, which will be absolutely tremendous tournament. Now on to the actual Asian Games, Bushy. Um, the women. They're already, already there. Underway, yeah? Yep, started September 19th in Hangzhou. They were playing Malaysia, who they played a series against before in Malaysia. Then they flew over to Hangzhou, played them again, lost again. Malaysia scoring 104 for 9, and Hong Kong all out for 82. Now... In that, we talked about it last week, the convoluted system of the Asian Games women's Very tournament complex. where the winners of the first two groups go through immediately to the qualifier and the two teams that lose go to a qualifying qualifier for the quarterfinals. Sure. So Malaysia's gone through and the other team to go through, I think, was Indonesia. Am I correct there? I'll, I'll check. They beat Mongolia in the yes, first game. Yes, definitely yeah. it was Indonesia. Yeah. Um, so they've both gone through. And they've got their uh, places in the quarterfinal. We had to play Mongolia today. Yeah. And it was a bloodbath. Yeah. I, I, there's no other way to describe it. And yeah. Hong Kong went out there. They batted first. They put on 202 yeah. in their 20 overs. Captain Carey Chan with a Captain Carey knock. 70. Highest score ever for a woman in Asian Games cricket history. 202 by the Hong Kong team. Highest score ever at the Asian Games. Uh, that would be tough for Mongolia to chase. I watched Mongolia bat, and I am almost positive at least half that team had never picked a cricket bat up before. Right, right. Um, what did they finish on? Uh, they were all out for 22. Okay, okay. So, comprehensive victory. But generally, I'm interested. I mean, it's. I think it's fantastic that cricket is being played in Mongolia, right? I don't know how many Mongolians are playing cricket, but to have cricket in that country and have it building and, and be representing their country in Asian Games is fantastic, right? It is, but they were probably a league or two below the rest of the teams in yeah. the competition. Yeah. When they played Indonesia, they were all out for 10. Oh, hang on. So they... So, so Hong, so Kong, Hong didn't Kong, get a Hong Kong didn't do as good as no, Indonesia they, did. They scored twice as many. Yep. against. So they're quite happy coming off with 22, right? Yeah, probably. Compared to Indonesia. What happened? How's Thailand going up there? Thailand, Thailand women. Thailand went straight through as the fifth qualifier for the quarterfinals. Okay, so that's what we didn't know last week. Yeah, so, they didn't so. have to play in the group games. They're right. going straight through. Now, with their convoluted system, it's actually worked out quite well for the Hong Kong women's team. Yeah, was that? Because Malaysia, who beat us, yeah. bang into the quarterfinals straight up India. Oh, well, that's far from ideal for Malaysia. Yeah, suboptimal. Yeah. Um, 
we, after going through the qualifying qualifier into the quarterfinals, playing Malaya, beating Mongolia, beating Mongolia by hundred and eighty odd runs, mm-hmm. we play Bangladesh. Really? Yep. Of the two, I'd prefer to be playing Bangladesh. The seeding sounds strange as far as the tournament is concerned. But that's a great outcome for the ladies if they go up against Bangladesh. Genuine chance to get through to the semi-finals, which puts them into the final four and a chance. Well, then you're a medal chance, right? You never Absolutely. know what can happen. It's just a day of cricket. You have three players in a T20, you have a day out. You never know what can happen, right? Right. We're recording this on Thursday night, the 21st. The quarterfinal will be played by the time this uh, podcast goes out. They're playing Bangladesh tomorrow in Hangzhou, so we'll have uh, all the wrap. We'll probably know the entire... Um, we might slip in some breaking news. I could maybe. probably, we'll uh, if I've got time, I'll yeah. see. If not, we'll do a full wrap next weekend. Detailed, we'll have the, right? uh, the, all the finals uh, details by then. Hope, uh, what's his name? Someone on the front foot and Justin Pierce are, are watching and not getting too upset that um, about the side who's <laughs> there. I mean, everyone who's there... Is eligible to be there, and we wish them all the very best, the Hong Kong women, and they're, they're doing us proud. Um, also coming up in the not-too-distant future, <clears throat> on the men's side, you heard uh, Anchi talking about it earlier and how excited he is about it, the T20 World Cup qualifiers in Nepal, which is a massive opportunity for the men. We've actually got the groupings now. Uh, Group A is Nepal, Singapore, Oman, and Malaysia. Group B is UAE, Bahrain, Hong Kong, plus a qualifier. There's still a qualifying tournament to come, which will be one of Kuwait, Maldives, Qatar, or Saudi Arabia. So there's a real chance for the men there to uh, to get through to the semi-finals. Once you're there, win a semi, you're in the World Cup. Now, two spots available, so it's huge. As usual, you're trying to, you genuinely think perhaps Nepal and UAE are going to take up two of the semi-final spots. Trying to, you try to grind your way into one of those third or fourth, right? Yeah, so you look at Group A, you think Nepal, Singapore, Oman, and Malaysia, you'd say Nepal and Singapore or Nepal Oman would be favourites to take the two spots into the semis from there. And in our group, Group B, you'd say UAE and Hong Kong. Um, so then you've got a semi-final against either Nepal or Oman. And, you know, on our day, we can beat both of them. Yep. And then you've got to spot in the World Cup. So it's just tremendously exciting. And, you know, we touched on it with Archie before, the exposure that it would give for the game here as well as the players as individuals as far as Franchise League is concerned. It's just enormous, right? We also off-air touched on it with Ange that if we're getting through, we're all packing our board shorts and we're all going to the West Indies next year. Well, it just depends on the draw. You know, where do we want? Do we want to play Jamaica first game? Jamaica. I wouldn't mind a game in Dallas either just to get, you know, put on the big American... I'm going to relive Tom Cruise in Cocktail. I'm just going to get that Beach Boys song in my head and... Kokomo, oh, yeah, Uber, yeah exactly. Ooh, I want to take. I'm going to relive that. So if the boys get through, there's a chance you and I are going to go across and uh, do some podcasting from over there. I think well. it'll be more than a chance. I'm not <laughs> sure how you're going to hold us back, but hide me in Ange's cricket bag. Maybe we need to uh, get a bit of Beach Boys on next week. No, we're not allowed to play Beach Boys on here, are we? we but are maybe not. at home in private. We might get cut, shut down from your terrible, terrible karaoke like 30 seconds ago. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a fair point as well. All right, that's it, I think, for Sky Plaza Road this week. We'll be back with more Sky Plaza Road next week. And now it's time for Bushy's Birthday Bonanza. And here we go, the highlight of everyone's week. It's Birthdays with Bushy. Bushy's birthday bonanzas. Take us away, Bushy. Four big birthdays today. This week, Botters. Yeah. Uh, first off, turning 18 on Friday, the day that this comes out, September 22nd. 
It is from Pakistan Association Cricket Club and the under-19s Hong Kong squad, Alian Zahir Mohammed. Oh, Alian, fantastic. Watched him since he was 10 years old, come through the ranks, part of the under-19s. Now, absolute tremendous cricketer and a tremendous fella as well. Happy birthday, Alian. We might as well just stick with the under-19s. Also, on this Sunday, September 24th, turning 19, the captain of the under-19s team also plays for Callan Cricket Club, Ahan Trevetti. Ahan, again, another one I've watched from as a young boy coming through, now captaining the side, is going to lead them down to Malaysia soon for the big uh, Asia Cup qualifiers where they're aiming for a spot in the big games against the Test Nations in December. Happy birthday, Ahan. I don't know what the parents of the under-19s team were doing 18 or 19 years ago, but we've got another under-19s birthday this week. On Monday, September 25, turning 18 years old, is KCC's Charlie Walsh. Charlie Dusty Walsh, one of my favourite cricketers in Hong Kong, of any age for that matter. Dusty Walsh, actually bushy. This is one for you. I'm actually at a Shatin race course this Sunday for Charlie Walsh's birthday. His dad's booked a box out there and we're having a boys' day out for Charlie's birthday. Not down at KCC watching the under-15s. We're out at Shatin, opening the wallet, having a little bit of a punt. I know for a fact that poor Charlie's brother is on the field. How old's Charlie? He's playing uh, young Charlie's brother, Will. He's under-15s. He can't get on to Shatin. He can't get in. But when Charlie turns 18, he can get in. So we'll be out there having a boys' day in the box. Looking forward to it enormously. No cricket if anyone, for if anyone from Hong Kong Jockey Club is listening, please do not do the maths on Charlie's birthday and that conversation. <laughs> Final birthday for this week, turning 24. Next Thursday, it is Cricket Hong Kong's Marina Lablau. Oh, happy birthday, Marina. That's fantastic. Happy birthday to you. No age, yes? Already said it. Oh, gee, I told you. I told you. Getting back to Dusty, I reckon there's something wrong with your database, right? Because mm-hmm. he turns... 18 today. Wow. In the system, it says it's September 25. He turns 18 today. Well, is that just... I know that. Is that, is a, that fact. a fact or is that just saying no. in case the HKCC... No, yeah. absolute fact. Wolf family out for family dinner tonight before the Shatin races. Happy birthday, Dusty. Bushy's got to work on his database. There's no problems with HK, the Hong Kong Jockey Club. That is it this week for Bushy's birthday bonanza. During the week, he's going to work on his database and we'll be back with it. The highlight of the week. Bushy's birthday bonanza. Hello guys, my name is Mohammad Gazanfar. I'm national player. I play for USRC and you are listening to 852 Podcast Borders and Bushy. Oh, sadly, Bushy, we're coming to an end. It's episode four comes to an end, but what a big one we've had. The outs and ins where we actually had some cricket. The ins and outs. It's eight matches this weekend. It's fantastic. We heard from Anjuman Rath. That was so great. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? It was what awesome. Absolutely lovely gentleman. Yeah. Top, top fella, been up at uh, HKCC to interview him. Was lovely, actually, being in Hong Kong Cricket Club to do that interview. It was absolutely beautiful. First time we've been uh, invited up there. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, HKCC. Say no more. And Angie's off to India to do some training, which is uh, fantastic leading up to the T20 World Cup qualifiers, which we covered in Sky Plaza Road, of course, and we wrapped it up with everyone's favourite, Bushy's birthday bonanza. I would like to interject, Your Honour. I have the ESPN Crick Info page up for one Charles Walsh, Charlie Dusty Walsh, and it says, right-hand bat, wicket-keeper, wicket-keeper, born September 25, 2005. I don't care. Do your audit. Process better. That's wrong. I can only go with the data that's blind. Get into ESPN this week, I think the Walsh family needs to... uh, Go on, do you? No, no, no. You're the one with the problem with it. You get onto ESPN. You sort it out during the week. We'll cover it in the podcast next week. I'm not calling every player to confirm their birthday. 
they're just going to have to make sure that it's in the system correctly. We want to have, if you if you still want this to be the highlight of the podcast each week, I would suggest and recommend that you do a full audit on your birthdays. You've, there's shown to be errors in with it. Well, Charlie's birthday should have been called out last week. Well, why didn't you call it out last week then? Because it says this was this week. Check the database. As I said, that's it for the 8 for 52 this week. Bushy will do the check during the week. I'll we'll be back with check. you next week. Bottles will try to not pick too many fights on Twitter this week. No, I'm happy to take it forward if they want to reach out either on the DM on Insta or Twitter. We're up there on Twitter, on X, we're on Insta, we're on Facebook where no one really follows us, but that's okay. We're the 8 for 52 podcast and we'll be back with episode five next week. Goodbye for now. Ciao. The 8 for 52 theme song is the coin toss from the band The Duckworth Lewis Method. Find them on Apple iTunes and YouTube and download that song and all their other cricket-related music. The 8 for 52 podcast is edited, produced and published by Matt Botfield and Aaron Bush for Trip Ahead Limited. Copyright 2023.